Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me is Action Jackson. He would like to be addressed going forward heretofore as Piddles. Yep, that's right. No little, nothing in front of it, just Piddles. Piddles. He's graduated Piddles. Piddles. Oh, wow. I didn't know that that was coming. Wow, there's a lot of stuff going on It'll here. Come in time. Uh, it is a program that solicits your involvement. Uh, 65780, Air Comfort Service, text line. And uh, you also are welcome to uh, leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Uh, Jackson, let's talk Cardinals here. Are you concerned? Be honest with me. Let's, yeah. let's, let's talk it through. Let's work together on this. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Okay. I mean. Tell me about your concerns. I'm going to help you through it. They're not, they're not hitting at all. They're only getting production, really, out of the corner of the infield and Albert at the moment. And the outfield is like getting like less than nothing. Like you're getting unproductive outs. It's Nothing's going well uh, offensively for the Cardinals. No RBI since Saturday. Yadier Molina's home run in game one, third inning. Yeah, was the last RBI. Obviously, they won the second part of that on the – Kisner base path thing, but no, they they've got nothing. They got the offense has been silent for the last couple of games, and that's that's a bad sign. Um, yeah, that's that's where I am on it. So you got the offense situation that Adam Wainwright talked about, not necessarily being out of the dead arm phase following the game last night. Right, right. Now Wainwright, as uh, Derek Gould details this morning in the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Could have been perfect, and it would have mattered because the Cardinals didn't score anything, but that also is a storyline, is that he hasn't necessarily been real good in three of his last four starts. And the Cardinals offensively continue to sputter. And it's interesting because uh, Wainwright, at the end of Derek's article online at stltoday.com, said, I've seen us do this a couple of times going into the postseason, scuffling, that is. This can be a really powerful thing going into the postseason. If you can turn it around before the end, get a little momentum going into it, it can be a really good thing. What's left unsaid there is if you don't turn it around, it can be a real big problem. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so we saw them go on an absolute heater in 2011, barely losing. And uh, what the result was there... Uh, in 2006, it was a weird one because they were kind of flopping around and then got healthy and right at the end. And uh, I've made a reference to 2009 uh, quite a bit, and that is they just struggled throughout September and they had a big lead and there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. And that is why I run this parallel. If you really want to simplify it, though, it's this. No one are not on Paul Goldschmidt just aren't hitting. And then that is impactful as a domino effect on the rest of the lineup. Um, if you want to go bigger picture, the outfield just doesn't hit. And that's been going on for a while. Right. And so when I look at what really people are talking about when they're talking about being concerned, they're talking about October because at this point it would really almost take the Brewers to go undefeated and the Cardinals to lose nearly every game. Yeah. That's about the math at this point for the Cardinals to not be the number three seed in the National League. That if the Cardinals were to get 
knocked out early on, and I would say early on would be the wild card series or the NLDS, even though I would imagine they will be the underdog no matter who they're playing in the NLDS. Do you agree with that? Because they're playing the, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. Playing the Mets or Braves, and 100%. they'll be the underdog, and that's right. not up the shot. That's just telling you what the numbers will be. Yes, they would be the underdog. Uh, that my belief will be it will be because they don't hit. And that is why when the deadline rolled around, I am still thrilled by what they did uh, in acquiring Montgomery in particular, but also Quintana. But that's why I thought, yeah, the the numbers show that the Cardinals offensively are up there with the top teams as far as runs scored. But the numbers don't tell the whole story because so many of those big run games were against subpar teams and it skewed the numbers. Now, what's interesting for lack of a vivid word and therefore i'll use a horribly vague and vanilla one such as interesting is that they were kept in check by the reds who would fall under the category of a butt ass yeah clevenger is a different deal and you have snell tonight yep and then you have the uh, padres mixed up their rotation so musgrove going tomorrow and then you look at the rotation for the dodgers on friday saturday and sunday and it's andrew haney uh, who dealt with shoulder problems earlier in the year, but's come back, and Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. and then Tyler Anderson, who doesn't get the acclaim that many in the Dodge rotation have, uh, but he has stepped up and he's been outstanding this year. Right. So they will be put to the test, and I would imagine, without even looking, that uh, the Brewers have Burns lined up to pitch in that two-game series in Milwaukee. Yeah. That would be my guess. I would imagine that they will work that around. And then you go back to fun with the Pirates. Yeah, that, that, could be, that could be a nice way to close it out. But yeah, they I mean they gotta this could be really, really telling if the offense continues like this and you go five more games on the West Coast looking like this, that's not what you want right before we head to the postseason. So they gotta get coming alive and it's not gonna be easy. Like you said, you just named all those pitchers. They gotta do it. And it's gotta be someone else, like a young guy or somebody outfield to to get the party started. You know, they they sent Gorman down. They got nothing out of Lars recently. They got to get somebody going to have a domino effect because Goldie and Arnado will get it for you, but not every night. The thing is, the, the one thing that I like about it is I just don't think that they're going to, Paul Goldschmidt nor Arnado are just not going to hit the rest of the way. At least, I mean, let me put it this way Can it happen? Of course. Do I expect it to happen? No. And so here's one thing if I'm going to spin this, and I'm not really trying to spin it, I'm just kind of looking at it from a probability standpoint. It's almost good that it it's happening, A, at this time, and I know I said that yesterday, but B, they're both doing it at the same time mm. because inevitably that means they're both, like just, just by the pure math of it, yeah. they're going to come out of it, right. and then that means they come out of it at the same time yeah. because they're both in it at the same time. You just kind of, because there really is no race, want them to come out of it toward the tail end of it. So if they continue to flop around, the reality is it kind of just doesn't matter. There is drama for the Cardinals, and it surrounds two more home runs. That's the drama. As far as regular season goes, there just isn't. At this moment, listen, they lose everything and the Brewers win everything. That's it. That's That's the only way. They are not going to be catching the Mets or Braves to get the t- Mets and Braves to get the second spot. Right. And as the Central Division winner, they are going to be the third spot. That's it. I just, I, from a team standpoint, Paul Goldschmidt at this point has fallen off that the guy who's going to win the Triple Crowns in the American League. 
He, and he hit 60, 60 home runs last night. Judge, yeah. Judge is leading everything. Yeah. We were talking about Goldschmidt in the Triple Crown, and all of a sudden, Judge <laughs> yeah, shot up there. It's now crazy. he's always leading home runs. Next, do you know who is second in the American League with home runs and what their total is? Go. Xander Bogarts. And is it 37? It is 37. It's Alvarez with the Astros, though, not Bogarts. Gotcha. Bogarts is who's one point back of Judge for the batting average title. Gotcha. I was uh, making this observation on TMA uh, within the last half hour, as a matter of fact, and that is Aaron Judge just hit his 60th home run last night. Yep. Also in the game, Harrison Bader made his debut, and he had a couple hits and some RBIs. Uh, as the uh, Yankees had a John Carlos Stanton grand slam to walk it off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Yankees are finding their stride. Um, and, uh, you know, I know, Jackson, you were born in 98, so you can't really speak to what mm-hmm. we experienced covering that and being I was in college at the time. It captivated the country when Mark McGuire hit his 60th home run. The country stopped, not just the baseball world, the country stopped. And now you have a guy who's a New York Yankee, too, right. not like a Kansas City Royal. Sure. And it's really a localized New York story. Yep. And it just shows how much the steroid scandal impacted the perspective of baseball and the country on the single-season home run record. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you on that because it, it just doesn't have the same—it just doesn't—because when you hear the number, you know, 73 – and then yeah, he's not really within shouting distance of that. Right. I would imagine he finishes in the 64 to 66 range. Right, right. Now, how many? So 154 was the old, like Babe Ruth did 60 in 154 game season. Is Judge possible to get over that before that? He has uh, done it in a uh, shorter amount of play, uh, plate appearances than Ruth did. Wow. By, I think, nine plate appearances. I was yeah. reading a uh, column from the New York uh, Post last night on it. Oh wow! That's I mean Phil that Sherman. that is that's a that should be like a national story. I mean that's huge news. It's just it's just absolutely changed people's perspective on right. these right. these accomplishments, these single season home run accomplishments. Yeah. Um, so Judge will most likely surpass Maris. Yep. And be a triple crown winner. It's a pretty incredible season. The, the triple crown winner, not necessarily a most likely. That's in play. But I mean to have that kind of season. Unbelievable. And relative to the accomplishment, I don't feel like the attention is there. Do you feel like the attention's there? I think that the attention... And maybe I'm judging it by 1998, and that standard has just changed dramatically. Right. And Locally, I think... obviously, there's way more attention. I'm wondering nationally if there's more attention on judge or pools. Ooh, I would go judge on that. But I, everyone, in their own sense, kind of lives in a vacuum, depending on like your Twitter algorithm, in a sense. But like I feel like I don't see as much baseball news in general. But the baseball news—that's because do you see. see Lisa Leslie clips from the Sparks days. A lot of Aces uh, parade coverage. Becky Hammond. Yeah, which was—I mean, I've I've enjoyed watching it. But uh, sure. the uh, I feel like the baseball news I get is usually centered around Judge. But I'm following like accounts that tweet every two minutes about baseball. So it's it's a different thing than I feel like some people. But yeah, ESPN.com isn't necessarily Aaron Judge isn't always on the top of their headline sheet, whereas maybe in 98 it would be... Oh, it was. Wall-to-wall I can, coverage. I, I, can, I can tell you, it yeah. absolutely was. It absolutely was. And it's just not the way that it is right now. And I understand, again, I understand why, but relative to the caliber of season he's having, this isn't just 
home runs. Yeah. And I understand why, as I said. I mean, and then you also look at it. He doesn't have nearly double, but he has about 40% more than the guy in second place. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and then also, he is the leading the league in batting average and, yeah. and leading the league in RBIs, and he's playing for the New York Yankees. Right. So yeah. if, if, if it were getting a lack of attention and he were playing for almost any other team outside of a Chicago or L.A. team, you'd go, well, it's because it's not yeah. New York, Chicago, or L.A. But in this case, it's the New York Yankees. Yeah. I mean, this is the Dallas Cowboys. This is right. Duke basketball, Lakers. Alabama football, yeah. Lake Show. Yeah, it's all that. And it's just kind of relative. And it's I read these New York papers on the stories, and they're like, yeah, it's a funny how this is like a localized phenomenon, the Aaron Judge home run. Yeah, and he's trying to get paid, too. So this is, I, I mean, could, could it be a better outcome for Aaron Judge? Come to St. Louis. We'll, we'll pay you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you. How about that? Uh, Tim, MLB Network is showing every judge and pools at bad, at least until they get to 62 and 700. They're cutting into whatever games they're showing to show the these. There's plenty of national coverage for both, maybe not like Sosa McGuire, but it's plenty. It's from the three and four. I will respectfully disagree. MLB Network, of course, is going to cover it. What right. I am telling you, and I would imagine if you're old enough to remember this, that McGuire and Sosa were the leads beyond baseball. It transcended sports. This does not transcend sports. Doesn't even come close to it. Yeah. I it's just, just it's not it's not a story that goes beyond sports. And I would tell you it's not a story that's getting near as much attention beyond New York. So yes, MLB network, of course they are, and I would agree with that. That's that's indisputable. But that's MLB's coverage. If you are watching news networks in 98, they were talking McGuire and Sosa. Right. If you are watching news networks now, it's not even really getting any attention. No, I just opened up ESPN.com, and it's the sixth headline down. That's amazing. Yeah. That, and that, that, that right there, actually, I'd, I'd say no further questions. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of sums it up. And I'm not, again, I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm making the observation of how the summer of 1998, it, it just captured baseball fans coming off the strike yeah. and in 2022 it's just it's it's the sixth headline down that's a perfect way to say it. it's a sixth headline down your thoughts are welcome six five seven eight zero your level of concern with regards to the cardinals um i'll be anxious to see what there's a 15-ish game something like that remaining um and let's uh, intro. How about this? I just, just as we said it, God, how great is this? Wow, what time? We are, we are Mad Dog and Stephen A. Yep. I just looked over there and I saw Chris Russo screaming about something. I go, man, what is he upset about? Because they were like yelling about Roger Federer's doubles match. And I go, that was the headline ahead of Judge. Wow. Maybe I can do this crap and just start yelling, <laughs> move to LA or New York and just scream for the next 10 years and then yep. shut it down. Uh, but uh, the, their, their topic up there more intriguing chase, Pujols or Judge? I know this. Whatever Russo says, Stephen A. will disagree with. Oh, I can yeah. give you that. I don't yeah. even have the audio I'll on. I bet Mad Dog's more into Pujols, and I bet that Stephen A. is more into Judge. They got Tim Kirkjian in there, and he's like, God, when's my contract <laughs> up? In the nice so wood-paneled study. He does have a study. <laughs> Stephen A. is agreeing with him. Russo looks mad. I'll do play-by-play of the show. <laughs> it's like doing play-by-play at WWE. All right, we'll take a commercial break. This is Balloon Party 101 we're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back balloon party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. Get involved on the show with your text 65780. It's balloon party 101 
ESPN. Leave a mic drop if you would like. Uh, a lot of Cardinal discussion here on the program uh, today. Tomorrow, Dan McLaughlin with us. And on Friday, we are out uh, because we have our TMA uh, Lemmings open. Yep. And so I guess that means we'll have uh, Gabe tomorrow. Yes, sir. As we get ready for war, damn eagle. You got to bet $1,000, Jackson, which I know is not a big deal. Sure. Uh, and we're just going straight money line. Take a Missouri or Auburn go. Auburn. Hmm. On the road. Uh, the, uh, the way Missouri has played recently uh-huh. has me a little concerned. It's like after every game, I hear like a quote, like, "Yeah, we didn't prepare well enough for this team." Well, nice. It's getting we're we're getting to a point where you got to start preparing correctly for each team. It does seem like it is time, right? They, the got SEC tape on them. Is uh, is underway? Uh, all right, little Piddles arbitrary percentages. Cardinals win the series versus the Padres. It's changed. I sent that before the game last night, so. My number Were you just changed. hoping I would do a, a spontaneous podcast when you sent it over? I mean, you knew I was going to be reading this with some additional information that was of value. I was going to hope they were going to win. I mean, win. what a sports book you're running here. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to win. Uh, I would say the Cardinals win the, the percentage. The Cardinals win the series against the Padres. 25%. Is literally what the thought is. All right, good. Has, 25%. Cardinals win the series versus the Dodgers. I don't have any new information on that outside of the Cardinals have uh, not been hitting for a while now. Um, Haney, Kershaw, Anderson, Wainwright starting on Sunday against Anderson. Uh, Michaelis is starting tonight, so he won't be in the series. I will say 42%. I was going to go a little higher. I said 45%. All right, fair enough. They always play the Dodgers hard. Albert hits number 700 at Bush Stadium. This one is a little more interesting. Because if he gets one against the Dodgers, you know, he might not get one in Milwaukee, but then he comes back. Yeah, he was a guy with two hits last night for the club. <laughs> yeah. Got the first hit in the fifth inning. 100 mile per hour fastball. He just hammered the other side. Um, I'll go 35% that he hits in St. Louis. <laughs> Blaze puts the man to the test. That's what this Lil Piddle's arbitrary percentage game is all about, though. It's about putting the man to the test. That's what I do. It's just what I do. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, he hits 700 at Bush Stadium. I'm going to put it at 58% now. I've moved it to 58%. Wow. I've moved it to 58%. I like that. Yeah. Uh, for reference, the Cardinals' projected starters against the Dodgers are Quintana, Montgomery, and Wainwright. Yeah, I knew Wainwright was Sunday. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Mizzou covers the seven-point spread versus Auburn. You already said you would not take... That was money line. Though. Right, money line. Right. So now you got seven points you got to give. Uh, percentage that they cover, I'll go uh, 30%. See, I just I don't know how bad Auburn is. is and it? then I also don't know how locked in Auburn is. At the same time, it's not like Missouri looks like they're real locked in. I'm just taken aback by the whole operation in, in both cases, actually, both for Auburn and, and Missouri, um, as to how, I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, like, I got it. Like, I got to, no matter what, I got a, I got a stack of $100 bills in front of me, and it's got to go It's got to go to somebody. Yep. And it's, I got to. It's got to go. Yeah, I'd take Auburn. Yep. I gotta no. be honest. And it's it gets down to the offensive line. That's my honest reason. You can't fix size. I have tried. <laughs> now Auburn will be without starting quarterback TJ Finley. Oh, yeah, that's the report. backup's better. Yeah, I know. It's a running running quarterbacks in this current Mizzou defense is that's a bad yeah. that's a bad matchup. Yeah. That's so I, bad I, matchup. I, 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 I 
if I gotta do it, but I, I don't like to make that pick. But at the same time, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's like I'm gonna bet it. I will be pulling for Missouri. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. All right, we got of the three wild card teams the Cardinals could face: Padres, Phillies, and Brewers. Which one would be most confident in playing? Which one would be most confident? What does that mean? I mean, we're, 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 we're leaving words out to make me look like an ass. Well, you're the ass. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that was which on one me. scares you the most? Is that what you're essentially? Which one I'd be most confident in? Yeah. And which one scares the most? The obvious answer on who scares the most, and it's not prisoner of the moment, is the Padres. Right. I did. The Padres are plus twenty eight hundred to win the World Series. Padres could win the World Series with that pitching staff and Juan Soto and their other offensive weapons. Yeah. The Padres could absolutely win the World Series. I mean, of course, everybody could win the World Series who's in the postseason, but. I think of the wild card teams in the National League, it's, I think, obvious that that's the, the most likely one. At the same time, I got to tell you, in 2019, I didn't see it coming with the Nationals. Um, so, with that said, which one would I be most confident in the Cardinals facing? Probably the Phillies. Yeah. And that's also not prisoner of the moment. I know they've lost five in a row. I, I'm honestly, when it comes to the Phillies and Brewers, and of course they can lose to them. Even if I'm a, if I have a 60% confidence level, which is high against both of them, it still means four out of ten times I see the Cardinals losing the series. Right. So I want to try to to drive that home. Um, but I just, I, I don't, I think the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals are a good club that has some things that might sound weird. But I kind of like that this is happening now because I do believe that they are going to get out of it. The strength of the 09 team was Wainwright and Carpenter. Yeah. Yep. The strength of this team is two most valuable player candidates right in the middle. And they're just, they're just, they're not fly by night guys. Mm-mm. You know, the 2015 team, for example, with the Cardinals, you know who's in that rotation? Uh, I will tell you, because I'm putting you <laughs> on the spot, and that's not fair to do. Uh, it was uh, John Lackey, yeah. Carlos Martinez, and Jaime Garcia, if I'm not mistaken. Is and I think Lackey started one and four, and in between you had Garcia and Carlos Martinez. I could be off the mark on that. Because Lance Lynn might have been in there. That's why I, 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 know, I know Lackey started two of the games. Well, I shouldn't say I know. I'm confident that he did. Point being, the point being, the track record of those pitchers relative to needing to win playoff series opened up a wide delta and that was the strength of that team it really wasn't offense that was the strength of that team uh, in 2009 you had two great starting pitchers and a really rock solid offense in this case i would tell you at least i would think of the division winners minus whatever goes on in the american league central um that the cardinals have the Weakest isn't the right way to describe it. The least strong, and also they don't have the the killer ace. And in a three-game series, you have a killer ace. Yeah, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And the three teams we just mentioned, Nola, Corbin Burns, and then they got like a... Which guy would you go with in San Diego if they can exactly. order it out? And I think they might be able to order it out. I mean, they're yeah. starting to create a little gap between them and the Brewers. It's not big enough to start shutting it down. But Probably Snell or Musgrove, right? I don't know. Even, I mean, but Snell, you, Musgrove, Darvish? Yeah, you could pick any of them, and that's going to be a problem. So, point being... Uh, the Cardinals' strength is offense, and I think that—offense, I mean two guys yeah. who make the thing go, because it's certainly not across-the-board offense. Um, and I just think that they're going to—I just I can't imagine that they're just going to fizzle out until the Cardinals' season comes to an end at the hands of whoever in the wild card or NLDS or NLCS or World Series. I just don't see that happening. And by the way, if they are fizzling out all the way to the World Series, they aren't getting the World Series. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, I, I think the I think the Padres are the do you think the Padres are the obvious well, with, one with the pitching staff that they have? How could and plus Juan Soto? And Soto has gotten it's don't get me wrong, it's small sample size over the last few days, but he has gotten hot as of late, yeah, including last night. When he, and when the good news is, if you fear the Padres, most likely at this point they're going to be the four. Yeah. Yep. So the Cardinals wouldn't face him. Right, right. Yeah, you're right on that. But, the, I mean, when Juan, Swaldo, Juan Soto hit that ball last night, like you can tell it's like, okay, this guy is – if he catches fire in October, it's going to be a big problem. I mean, you uh, – if you want to do a bracket right now, Jackson, and uh, Dodgers, Padres, Cardinals, and uh, – God, I'll go Mets. Yeah, I was going to say Got Mets. Strider injury situation, I'll go Mets. Yep. That's a Jim Dandy of a – that's a, Final four in the National League. Yeah, that's that's no uh, that's no picnic. It's got some good uh, recent history with the Padres and Dodgers, and the Cardinals and Mets have done battle many a time, going back to the National League East in the 1980s and some playoff series since then. Um, all right, your thoughts are welcome on the topic. Who are you most confident of the Cardinals' opponents? Who do you fear the most of the Cardinal playoff opponent possibilities? Six, five, seven, eight. Zero. Uh, coming up on the other side of the commercial break, uh, Action Jackson has this. The Las Vegas police are investigating an altercation of a fan allegedly striking Kyler Murray in the face after the Cardinals comeback win at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders on Sunday. Do you think this, coupled with recent news stories of fans verbally abusing players, could ring in a new era where celebrations with fans or fan interaction in general is banned? On a more macro scale, what do you think has caused this recent last few years? Up and aggression, whether it be screaming at players or shoving them, do you think this has always gone on and people are more sensitive to it now? We will discuss that on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I don't know what just happened during the commercial break, but uh, Matt Rocchio came in, and I think he was ready to clothesline you. Yeah, he came in sprinting, almost knocked my chair over. I was about to do some some updating of the people. Man. I think that was a... His way to prevent the latest from the WNBA from coming out during the Sports Center update. Oh, no, that was, that was about Bobby Williams. Yeah, I think that's what that was. I don't know what it was. Knee surgery. The poor guy's been in through. I'm not talking about that. Oh, talking about Rocky, he came charging in. I looked yeah, up, I go, I don't know. They finally came to get me. That's what I thought. But I bowed through adversity. You wouldn't even know. No, I mean, it was fun. It was like I was right across from Tom Brokaw. Uh, <laughs> Jackson sends over these wonderful questions, and we deep tease it uh, right before our uh, commercial break at the bottom of the hour here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. The Las Vegas police are investigating an altercation of a fan allegedly striking Kyler Murray in the face after the Cardinals win at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders on Sunday. Do you think this, coupled with recent news stories of fans verbally abusing players, could ring in a new era where celebrations with fans or fan interaction in general is banned on a more macro scale? What do you think has caused this recent, as in the last few years, uptick in fan aggression? Whether it be screaming at players or shoving them, do you think this has always gone on and people are more sensitive to it now? All right, so I got a, I got a couple of thoughts, and I'm, I'm going to have to ask some questions okay. of the the person who comes up with these questions, Action Jackson. 
first off, do I think it is always going on and people are more sensitive to it now? I wouldn't say necessarily more sensitive to it now. I would say it seems like there is an uptick because people are able to easily record it now sure. versus a decade ago sure. and obviously before then. So there is that. But I also do feel, and I don't have data for this, and I don't even know how you would qualify any semblance of data for it, that there are more angry people in 2022 than there were in 2012, 2002, yeah, 1992. At the same time, that might be a similar reason, and that is because the angry people now have a microphone, yeah. whereas people now have phones to capture these incidents and so running parallel it seems like it's more angry whereas the anger was always there but you just couldn't get it unless you were reading the sound off section in the st louis post dispatch so from that standpoint i don't know if people are more angry so when you ask us what incidents are you thinking of outside of the kyler murray one uh over the course of last year's basketball season there was a ton of people getting kicked out of games for Yelling at players. There was a situation with LeBron. After saw a LeBron one in Indiana. Russell, yeah, Russell Westbrook in Salt Lake. Chris right? Paul got his uh, someone. He was alleging that someone pushed his mother. Just for the purpose of t- taking you off the stereotype of you. Right. Do you have anything in other leagues outside of the association? I mean, I, I see all these things. Football. I've seen it in football a lot, where I see. Uh, you know, players yelling at him, and a player will come back and shout right back at them, and the and the fan goes crazy. Like, what did I do? I, I I wish I had more examples for you that I could cite personally, but I've seen it across other sports outside of just basketball. Okay, but basketball certainly has been one of them. And the reason I ask is because I didn't necessarily think that there was an uptick of fan player. Violent is too oh. strong of a word. Interaction. Uh, Cleveland and New York this year. They had a Cleveland outfielder climb up the wall to because a fan was abusing him verbally. I remember that specifically this season. Uh, yeah, there was one with the Reds. Uh, I guess a Fraley or something like that a couple right. of weeks ago. I saw that. Right. Yankees and Indians or Guardians, I should say. Uh, that was the case. Okay. Uh, so I would go back to. I do think people are angrier, but then again, like I said, I would poke a hole in that, in fairness, because I think it's amplified now. Um, as news outlets use Twitter quotes as as ways to justify a story, people are saying online, there's backlash, there's right. outrage. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's now, that's how you fill your 24-hour news cycle. But then in reality, I don't know if it's because people are angrier or now we have the platform to see it. Sure. In other words, were people just as angry in 1982, but there was no platform to put it on display? And then when it comes to getting video of like, were there all these fights in the stands in 1982? Now, my intuition tells me the answer is no. But now when it goes on, somebody just holds up a phone and they yeah. watch two drunks fight each other and take your pick of whatever ballpark, stadium, arena. Yeah. And so it's like, man, where are all these coming from? Or the fights on planes, taking it out of the sports arena. Yeah. You know, where yeah, yeah, people yeah. are getting in fights on planes or they're oh, yeah. scolding flight attendants or take your pick. So when it came to what you asked, I was like, man, am I in the dark on this? Because I wasn't aware of it beyond a handful of incidents. Um, I mean, the malice at the palace right. was 2004, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Right. And that yeah. was the Pistons and Pacers. Yep. Um, 
Gary Templeton, if you want to go back to one, it wasn't violent, but uh, whatever year that would have been, 81, I guess. Uh, are you familiar with that, Jackson? Uh-uh. Uh, flipping off the Cardinal fans, and oh, Whitey Herzog wa- uh, walk out of the dugout, comes out of the dugout aggressively, and drags him off the field. And the Jeez. Cardinals would trade him for a gentleman named Ozzie Smith oh. uh, to uh, San Diego. The Cardinals getting the wizard, so you could make a case that that worked out pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to Gary Templeton for flipping off the uh, Ladies' Day crowd. So I don't. I, my honest answer is, I think in general. You're hearing more about anxiety, specific to athletes, but also just in general. I bet a number of you who have teenagers, neither Jackson or I have teenagers, hear about anxiety so much more than you did when you were in high school, for example. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they have these high schoolers. Definitely. And I think that is a byproduct of social media. Now, I don't have the data on that, and I know that some studies have poked holes in that um, because it's actually, believe it or not, um, in vogue to be anxious, to say you have anxiety. It's like a chic thing. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? Like Billie Eilish's success as a musician in part is because she conveys oh, yeah. the anxiety. Oh, you're so you're well, already, that you're, is, yeah, the Yeah, the anxiety. Of being a, a, a teen, yes. Right, and it's speaking to their base. In sure. Sense. So... I think when you're seeing with athletes, um, I think it's because of social media. Human beings are not programmed. I don't necessarily even think they have the capacity. The only way to handle it is to just turn it off to read an onslaught from a mob of brutal criticism. Mm -hmm. And so I think that causes the anxiety. I think there's a cause and an effect. And so then if you take that anxiety and you're already experiencing pent-up frustration and then the game doesn't go well, whether you be the athlete, the coach, and now you've got somebody hitting you up, and I'm not talking physically, when you're walking off the field court, skating off the ice, you might just be ready to lose it yeah. because of the crap you read right. over the last few days going into that game. Right. That would be, if indeed this is the case, that would be my theory for it. Yeah, and I think that just in general, a lot with anxiety is the accessibility. You know, with phones right now, we are always accessible. And that's really stressful for some people to, at any point in the day, like especially for an athlete, like when you're on the field, you're accessible. And after the game and the press conference, you're accessible. After that, you are on your own. Now you can be done with the game, done with the press conference, and then your DMs on your phone are filled with hateful, hateful messages. And it's like you can never get away from it. Right, so you just, you just don't look at it. Right, and, but that can be difficult. But, but yes, I agree. And I, and I know I say you just don't look at it, which sounds very easy. Right. You know, Doug Vaughn, for example, on TMA with me, who I couldn't think any higher of. I think the world of him, he's a great guy. Yep. considered like full of wisdom as well. And his thing with the stuff is, we'll just block the people. But and, and that sounds probably to many in the audience like, yeah, that's the solution. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, on edge, mm-hmm. I guess would be the right way to phrase it. The blocking serves as a trigger oftentimes for them to lo- lose it even more. Yeah. Um, so that's something you have to factor in. Like it doesn't end the game when you block oftentimes. No. In fact, it can often just be the start of the game, yeah. which may sound crazy, but that's a reality. And I can speak firsthand to that. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, um, 
you you want to be able to i would love to use social media more i would love to but it's just gotten to the point where it's, it's the juice isn't even remotely worth the squeeze right because i would love to interact with the vast majority of people who are of you know who just want to bs right yeah but it's burner accounts and people taking out some semblance of frustration for whatever particular reason and then that is where it leads it's like yeah but then you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. and i think a lot of athletes are told by agents or other players you need to be more interactive on social media it's good for your brand yeah and then you go on there and then the next thing you know it's almost expected you can't respond uh-uh yeah, you can't strike back right you can't strike back. you just you just have to be able to turn it off yep and that's not an easy thing to do. Mm-mm. It almost takes years to to get there. Yeah, 100%. Um, and still, it's not to say it doesn't bother me after 20 plus years of it. It just doesn't have near the impact that it did the first time I read it, you know, in the late 1990s. Yeah. So for athletes who are in their teens or 20s, I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and, and taking it out of the realm of sports and speaking to parents of teenagers who live it, I don't live it, you know, um, it's it's on my horizon, but it's still years off. I can't imagine what you experience. I I, I would imagine what I would imagine is it's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. because there's nothing you can do about it. It's so, it is it's the ultimate bullying. Yeah, I would rather have a physical situation on a schoolyard than the ganging up passive aggressive BS of Instagramming. You know, you know, look at all of us here, and then they intentionally leave out. Right. It's, it's like oh. Ugh, it makes me ill. So then you multiply that by thousands and thousands for athletes. My guess would be that is where it would be coming from if, in fact, you do have athletes and fans fighting more. But like I said, I just am not as aware of it as maybe you are. Sure. And like I said earlier in the show, like we all, in a sense, live in a vacuum. So what my thought on it is different than someone else's because if I see it more, then I say it more. I, another thing with it is the phone. People are now like acting tough when someone's recording them, you know, record me, I'm going to yell at this player. And that's part of it too, because everyone's got to get their brands up. So that kind of stuff happens too. And it's, I just think it's all ugly. And, you know, people say like, oh, athletes need to have thicker skin, but hey, you know, they're human beings too. Like they deserve the same kind of decency that we expect of each other. So that's my thoughts on it. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, 65780, getting a lot of thoughts on the topic. Uh, 65780 is how you can text in. We are late for a commercial break because that is my brand. My brand is being late for commercial breaks. That's the Balloon Party brand. That's right. Uh, this is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party. Final segment. Just bad hosting today. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Let's call this what it is. (laughs) Call it what it is. Have the nerve to look me in the eye. Your hero, who you praised in that live read for Family Golf, unsolicited. Right. Uh, and say you didn't do a good job managing the clock, and we got to be better tomorrow, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, you didn't, but that's on me. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Was bad, that was, was the right thing to say. It was bad hosting by osmosis through bad producing. Thank you. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I, I'll good wear this you. one. I am infallible, and I want that on the record. <laughs> uh, this topic on the anxiety thing really has uh, resonated. Uh, Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch texted me during the break, and I forgot about this. I had read about it, that a fan threw a bottle at Jimmy Haslam, the, right. the owner of the Browns. Right. Not too pleased with the Jets' comeback in the final two minutes on 
yeah. Sunday. My God, if there's one team that you don't think can come back against you in the final two minutes with two touchdowns, it's the New York Jets. Well, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, not Joe Namath. Yeah, uh, so, um, th- yeah, but the topic of anxiety, I think, is the thing that... that and so some people... You know, and and, I, and listen, I, I do want to. I could go on forever on this, and I got to wrap it up. Um, but uh, they're saying, how is cyberbullying real? Close the browser window, close your eyes, turn the computer off. And I understand that. And I'm and I'm not saying this in a mocking way. I'm saying it sincerely. I would imagine the person who texts this in is a little older uh, than the people who are playing the games. To ask a 25 year old median age, approximately, uh, to turn off his or her phone difficult nearly impossible yeah which you might go well that's a problem in and of itself and then you can say it's a problem in and of itself and i would agree with you if you want to take that line but it doesn't change that that is a reality yeah and so we can't really legislate off of a false platitude this is the reality and so to turn off the phone uh is is just really not a realistic solution and we had another parent Texted in. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, let's see. All my kids have anxiety, and if you question them, they use anxiety as a reason not to respond to you. I can't deal with it because I believe anxiety is just a cool thing to have. If you don't have it, something must be wrong. That's from the 314. Yeah, this is a thing that I've I've become aware of. I mean, again, Jackson doesn't have kids, and my kids are five years old and seven months, so it's just not something that I... I, I disagree with that text. Personally, I, I have a ton of friends who have anxiety, and I would bet all of them would love to not have it. Like, I don't think that, and, and, and case by case, it's not across right. the board. It's not across the board, but uh, I know a lot of people with anxiety, and they would trade not having it. So, what do you think? Do you think that there's more anxiety in 2022 than there was in 2002? There's more factors involved, you know, like you so said. So, that's what I'm phone. saying. Yeah. So, so, it's not like the, the factors are what's causing yeah. it. And oh, that's yeah. what it gets to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm t- and, and to me, and I've read about it actually because I'm legitimately curious about it. Uh, and I recall reading, and this was within the last month, contrary to what people think, social media isn't necessarily this cause and effect. That sure. would be my automatic go to. Mm-hmm. COVID being stuck at home yeah if you're in your teens you yep. know having that time taken away i don't know if you necessarily realize it's being i mean you had it happen your senior yeah. year yeah second half of my senior year of college yeah you just don't get that back right i 100%. think you probably it'll bother you more yeah down the line down the line but, yeah. yeah okay 100%. so you're right there with me so you mm-hmm. already have that view all right it's 10 59 i gotta go uh, thank you uh, to action jackson for admitting you botched the show today by yeah, hosting it me. poorly thank you uh for action jackson i'm tim mckern and this has been balloon party i want to win You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com.